Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. Today we have on Tyanne Marsink. She is the queen of guest experience with Touchday. And Tatiana and I are actually super excited to have Touchday putting together the digital guidebook for Level Up Your Listing Summit this year. So if you guys will be there, you're going to get to experience that firsthand. And oh man, we got a demo from Tyanne a couple weeks ago of like the mobile app and all the cool features with it. And I can't wait to see all the branding for it come together. So thank you guys for doing that for us. We really appreciate it. Tyanne, today Today, having you here, I know that you've got some really cool properties under your own personal brand that I'd love you to go into a little bit. And then you do work with Touchday, and I know that you've got a lot going on with them in the marketplace and in the industry. So I'm going to turn it to you to kind of introduce yourself. I know that your specialty is guest experience. So give us your backstory and kind of weave, you know, how guest experience has been so pivotal pivotal to your journey in short-term rentals. Hey, thanks so much, Natalie. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. And I'm so looking forward to not only building the event guide for you guys that level up your listing, but actually being there also. So, you know, any listeners, if you're coming to the event, which I really hope you are, please come seek me out. Let's get a selfie. Let's take some photos and everything. And let's chat one-on-one as well. Okay. So I started, I, I, okay, I promise I'm not this old, But I started way back when Verbo allowed you to mail physical photos to be put on your listing. That's that was a thing. That was a thing. (laughs) You had a choice of uploading a digital file or you can mail your photos to Texas and they would add it to your listing for you. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) what year are we talking? (laughs) This was 2007. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Come a long so way. I, so you would, you would totally relate to this, Natalie. I started um, my very first vacation rental when I was pregnant with my third son. Aww. So I had a four-year-old, I had a one-and-a-half-year-old, and I was pregnant with a third one when we signed the contract to build our very first vacation rental. And I was actually following more of what my family was doing. My aunt and uncle had gotten into it first, and they bought the largest vacation rental at Table Rock Lake available in the area at a whole four bedrooms and two bathrooms. And that was the largest. And my parents were like, oh, well, they're doing really good. Let's let's sell our commercial properties and we're going to one-up them. We are going to buy two five-bedroom houses. And my aunt and uncle are like, hello there. Let's build an eight-bedroom house next to our four-bedroom house. And at this point, I said, okay, fine. I'm building a four-bedroom house. But then it My parents are like, well, we're going to build a seven-bedroom house across from you and a six-bedroom house in another neighborhood. 
And then the following year, they decided to build two seven bedrooms in that other neighborhood. So now they had three houses in the same neighborhood. So the following year, I went ahead and built my second one at five bedrooms. So I can picture this conversation like this is literally how my toddlers play with each other with Legos. Like you're going to build seven <laughs> stacks on top of each other. I'm going to build nine. Clearly, people just don't change. You still exactly. have that same primal brain from when you're three years old. But now you're playing with actual real estate instead. <laughs> yes. And so but what's awesome is it's also our our family i mean it really made great holiday dinners you know everybody's swapping guest stories and you're helping each other out which is awesome and then we kind of, everybody little paused a little bit and some things happened in my life where i was down to just my vacation rentals and that was how i was making my income and then i ended up getting a contract to consult with home away for a few years and after that i had some equity burning a hole in my pocket uh, from the divorce settlement and everything. So I decided to buy a bank at that point. Now, a bank, it's actually a 1902 bank building with original vaults. So I tell guests, you can legally launder inside my bank <laughs> in the Ozarks. I love this property so much. So you guys put, so when you say you bought a bank, you didn't like buy a Bank of America or Wells Fargo franchise, right? You bought the yeah. like existing shell building of a bank still with the vaults there and you turned the vault room into your laundry room, right? Exactly. So exactly. Cool. Yeah. So clever. So if, if you ever need to, you know, drill into a vault, just so you know, you will need a drill bit that is at least 30 inches long. Good so to know. Yeah, yeah. The walls were 27 inches. So the drill bit had to be 30 inches. It took roughly 90 seconds to get all the way through the wall. And even then, we didn't know what we would hit, if it would even happen. And my contractor is looking at me like, are you sure you want to do this? 90 seconds. I just picture your drill was like smoking by the end of this. Like, okay. <laughs> yep. Yep, exactly. And not we didn't ha we didn't have to do it just once. You know, we had to do it, I think, gosh, three times because you've got two different um, places for the water and then you have the vent to go outside the building also. So then we had to make a fairly large hole for that dryer vent, too. So it was it was interesting. Definitely what? an adventure. What like even turned your brain onto this property? I feel like right now there's so much talk in short term rentals about unique stays. But this was, how long have you had this property now? It's already been several years. I feel like you were on like the cutting edge of like, this will make a killing. But yeah, like how did it even occur to you when everyone's talking real estate, like we're going to buy a bank and turn that into a <laughs> residential property? Yeah. So this was actually six years ago. Okay. Okay. So, you know, what did 2018 is when I bought it. And so 2017, you know, I, got the divorce settlement. I've got the, the property that I wanted. And with all the equity in it, I was thinking, gosh, I, I'm ready to invest. I want to do another vacation rental. And I had already earlier that summer, one of the, one of the properties, Natalie, that I got in the settlement was a, a long-term rental. I'm not a good landlord. I tell you that right now. And then I found out those folks were dealing drugs out of the house. And I'm like, I am not a drug landlord of it. <laughs> this, this isn't happening. I'm not going to own a drug house. So I had to kick them out out of the house. And then I had to repair the house to make it livable again. So at that point, I realized, you know what? 
I'll just throw a couple thousand more into furnishing. It was only a two bedroom house. There was zero vacation rentals in our town at that time. If you wanted to stay in town, you're going to stay at the little super eight motel that's been flooded at least three times. So hmm, it's like, what are we going to do here? Absolutely. Short-term rental went to the city, said, Hey, guys got any rules, regulations? You want to do anything special? And they're like, Nope, you go for it, Tyann. We'll support you. If you need anything at all, let us know. Even the city administrator came to my open house to tour the house, to take a look at it. And it set off other folks, you know, build, creating short-term rentals in the town so that there was a really good place to stay. Uh, so that was 2017. And that was my second brand that I had started at that point because it's different location. It's Missouri wine country. And then I, I was like, okay, this brand has got to grow. There's barely anything around here that's good and fun and meeting the needs of folks. Because the other thing I figured out was when I thought, okay, I'm going to make this one dog friendly. My, my goal was to attract business folks because our county was the very first green, you know, officially green county for industrial parks. I thought, well, business people, they're going to the ones when it comes to stay. Well, I was wrong. Even though my first guests were business people and they were actually from England, uh, what drove people to the house was the fact that it was dog friendly because Perina Events is only 12 minutes from us. You know the brand, Perina, for dog I, food, food? I don't. It's dog food. Oh, Purina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. So Perina is based out of St. Louis, Missouri, and their event center is just 12 minutes from us. So they hold dog shows year round. They schedule them up to five years in advance. So we had people coming from all over the country to come to these dog shows, and they were staying in RVs, which is great. They still do. They'll rent RVs, uh, but hotels. But a lot of folks are like, hey, we want a house. So that's our main guest avatar for that house. Uh, but back to the bank. Okay. So I was like, I, I want to have another property. It's got to be something fun. I'm all about something fun and unusual, unique. And a friend of mine said, Hey, Tan, there's this property next door to me. So my friend, Joette, she owns several properties in across the river over in Marthasville, Missouri on the Katy trail. And when I was a little girl, I would ride the Katy trail and think, Oh, it'd be so cool to live here or own a house here one day. And when Joette said, Hey, come, you should come take a look at this. I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I walk in and I just stood there and I looked around and I'm like, you know what? This is it. And my realtor looked at me and she's like, uh, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> what do you see? She's like, I, I trust you. I'll help you buy it, but I don't get your vision at all. And so I had to one, find a general contractor who understood what my vision was and could see my vision and at a decent price as well. Uh, make sure the building was going to withstand time because I didn't want a building that was going to fall apart. So I, you know, did my due diligence. I found someone who's saw the vision. He's like, yeah, let's go for it. And then, you know, walk through the different steps of having a structural engineer, had the floodplains, I had it resurveyed so that I could, you know, didn't have to spend buco amounts of money on flood insurance because the town is in a floodplain and I'm right at the edge of the high risk flood area as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, walking those different steps and figuring things out. And then bonus, the bank came with the little house next door. So for a very low price, I got a two for one. 
and ended up rehabbing that house too. So now we have two little properties. Like I said, it's been six years. Last year, we did a major capital expense improvement with adding a bike shed between them, fenced backyards, hot tubs in both of them, and then all new sod across. And it's they've just been going gangbusters. One thing I am absolutely craving for 2024 is simplicity, but we all know that the setup process for a new short-term rental is anything but simple. That is why I'm so excited to tell you about HostGPO. By shopping with HostGPO, you can save up to 75% on furniture, decor, linens, amenities, and supplies, and they only work with a few select brands that are tried and tested to stand up to the wear and tear of guests. With HostGPO, there is no overwhelm of comparing hundreds of brands, variations, and product reviews. You just shop for what you need and rest assured that you are getting the best quality at the best price. Over 300,000 properties are already purchasing through HostGPO, and as the pool of customers grows, so do the discounts that HostGPO can negotiate for us hosts. By signing up through my link in the show notes below, you'll get an exclusive three months of free access to start shopping on HostGPO today. Thank you so much to HostGPO for sponsoring the show and for making it so simple to set up and restock our STRs. What is the avatar for the bank? How many people do you guys sleep there? And I know you've got like the cute play on words with like money laundering and everything. But ultimately, is it just, you know, you said that there was like one super eight motel in town. So is it just another option? Or like, have you found a good like niche or avatar there? So the bank is a different town than my first one. Okay. Um, and, and that that first one in the little town, there's, there's a whole nother story how I turned that money into something better because I don't own that one anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the bank, it is, so I tell guests, you can bank on a good time. Cute. And I haven't put a sign in the bathroom, but I, you know, if we're talking on the phone, I'll tell them, make sure all deposits go in the bathroom. <laughs> but the avatar for that one is folks coming for weddings, for family reunions, and to ride the Katy Trail or to visit wine country because we're located in Missouri's wine country. And next door, just a few miles down the Katy Trail is the Augusta Valley. And Augusta was the very first dedicated wine country in the United States. So August, 1980, Augusta was first. And then a few months later they said, oh yeah, there's this Napa Valley in California. <laughs> and they made that one the second dedicated wine country in the United States. I did not know that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Interesting little history there. Tyanne, how did you end up now working with TouchStay from, you know, having your own portfolio and stuff? I feel like a lot of people get into real estate investing and go all in on that, but you still have a W-2 job. Well, W-2, it's a 1099. So okay. it, it's totally freelance, What, which is amazing because one of the reasons they asked me to work with them is they wanted the host and property management viewpoint of the product. So Andy and Joe started it with the guest perspective. So it's built for the guest. And then they realized, okay, we need the other perspective of the homeowner, owner, operator, property manager to really make this product go well, because they're all about keeping things simple, the KISS method and making it pretty. Uh, so anything they do in development things like that. They're running by me. They're running by a few others to make sure it's going to work well for the guests. So I had been, my home away contract had ended and 
It was a total God thing, Natalie, because my only income coming at that point was the two vacation rentals. And as you know, vacation rental income, it's very seasonal ups and downs. And guess what? This is the middle of winter when <laughs> there's no one, no guests coming in whatsoever. And Andy just emailed me out of the blue. We had connected a couple of years previously between events and social media. And he said, Hey, what's going on? And when I didn't mention HomeAway, he said, so what's going on over there? I'm like, well, the contract ended. He goes, you know what? We really want you to come work with us. I will pay you whatever HomeAway was paying you. And I was like, whoa, because that, that was a steady income finally for me mm -hmm. and my kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, so from there, I, you know, started going to the events, representing them. Uh, fast forward, I think it was like two years, they decided to take on some investment and I invested in the company as well. So I'm an investor. And from there, our team has grown so much. We're in over 30 countries, over uh, I would say 35,000 property guides in this last year, over 3 million guests accessed a Touch Day Digital wow. Guide. Wow. Yeah. It's it's crazy and it's it's continuing to grow too as people realize how creative you can be with the guides. So yes, they were created for properties to to replace that that physical manual that you'll have at the house that gets coffee stains and kids boogers mm -hmm. and pages ripped, <laughs> restaurants outdated, all of that, uh, and it replaces that. And so yes, you have a digital guide in the guest pocket. It's on their own device. You're not having to provide any hardware. But what's amazing is, is how creative people are with it. So for instance, the event guide will have for a level up your listing. That's another use up for it. Me, I've created a quick reference guide and standard operating procedures guide for my team so that they have scripts um, when there's guest questions oh, that are as frequently. We've created a standard property appearance guide for our cleaners to show them this is how many towels go in the bathroom. This is what the pillow arrangement looks like in the living room, those types of things. And people have just been even more and more creative. So an area guide as a lead generation to collect email addresses from your website. A dentist office has used it. Festivals have used it, music festivals. It's just incredible how a very simple platform gives people the creativity to do pretty much anything with it. And the ability to update it like instantly or on the go. I know when, you know, we talked to you about like building it out for level up, we're like, well, how quickly can this be updated? Because if we have a speaker running 10 minutes behind, can we update the schedule? And you're like, yep, just text me. I'll be here and I'll just <laughs> change it on the go. And it's like, that is just so, you know, if last minute your whatever cleaner tells you like, hey, I just came in and the barbecue is not working you can update that amenity or take that off or whatever you need to in in a second. But I love what you said. I didn't even think about it. I've always thought of the guidebook as front facing that it's between the host and the guest. But all those other examples you just gave of like using that to set your cleaning standards or train your team or something or the visual standards of how you want the beds made and uh, towels laid out. That is so smart. And you can privatize that so that your guests aren't getting access to that guide. Correct. Correct. And you would, you would have, you know, the different guests and then you can have different templates in your back end and the dashboard very soon. So like 
possibly by the time this recording comes out, we'll have released that feature. The team has been releasing so many amazing, cool features. It's so fun. This past summer, they did this Spotify playlist embed. And okay, so the actual embed was last month, but we've been testing it for a while. So I send, I have a whole road trip playlist for my guests and I will have it sent through the system. So the day before, or actually two days before, they'll get a memo text from me and it says, hey, we're excited for your road trip. Here's a playlist for your drive down. And it's it's super fun. The guests are like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I, I love every detail you've thought of. And this makes sense perfectly because the next thing I want to talk about is that you, Tyanne, are referred to in our industry as the queen of guest experience. And you can definitely tell that you have had a heavy, heavy hand in all of these guidebook updates because this is so guest experience focused. What What is guest experience? And I told you right before we recorded how excited I am to have you because a lot of my episodes lately have been about creative financing and partnerships and all that stuff to grow your portfolio. But this is the nuts and bolts of why we're all here and why we're getting repeat guests and why we're, we are able to charge what we charge and keep getting those five-star reviews. So can you go through like the fundamentals with us of guest experience, what that means, how to deliver that? So guest experience is literally how you make your guest feel. And because people, they don't necessarily always remember what you say or what you do, but they will remember how you make them feel. And so you want to create an experience where you're not just setting expectations and meeting expectations, but you're also exceeding expectations. So you're making them feel welcomed, cared for, that you're expecting them, that you're preparing for them, and then they can trust you. So then the way you do that is, you know, you're meeting all the senses, you are speaking all their love languages, and we could do a whole nother episode about love languages. Um, if you guys haven't heard of those, look up the five love languages and, and do a test too, to figure out what your love language is. And communication. Communication is the biggest part of setting those expectations and creating a guest experience. So it doesn't matter if you have a super luxury place. It doesn't matter if you have a basic place. One of the most popular listings in St. Louis, Natalie, at one time was a house with no furniture or amenities or anything. What? And it got five star reviews. Yeah. How? Because they set expectations and they said, this is a house with four walls and you got electric and you got heat and you got running water, but there's no furniture and you won't have any dishes, but you're welcome to book and stay. And then they priced it accordingly and they set the expectations, met the expectations, created the experience and delivered it. How much were people paying? Did they bring in their own furniture or air mattresses or sleeping bags for this? I would assume so. I mean, it was priced at like $29 a night. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not, not much. Something is a place to crash type thing. It's it's not there anymore. But it was just, <laughs> it, you know, it's just an example of there's all kinds of experiences. And the way to deliver an amazing experience is to set the expectations and deliver those and exceed them. So, you know, just because you don't have a super luxury place or super high price place, or you're not getting money hand over fist, that doesn't mean you can't deliver an amazing guest experience. One of the things I I really, really focus on, and I 
truly believe it's been the core of our success, and then I can talk about the data I now have to to back that up, is communications. And it's delivering the right message at the right time with the right method. I mean, you can push all kinds of information to your guests, but if it's done in the wrong method, it's going to fall. If it's done at the wrong time, it's going to fall. And if it's going to be the wrong message, for instance, if you're going to give them all the information they need that they need all at one time, they're going to be like a uh, TLDR, mm-hmm. too long, didn't read. And then you're not actually communicating with the guest. You're more like saying, okay, here's a bunch of info. I really don't care if you read it or not, but at least I got it to you. So I'm covering my butt and all's going to be good. So you better mm-hmm. give me those five stars. That's not guest experience. So instead, I, over the years, and I tell you what, I was not good at this in the beginning, I would totally forget to send my guest a door code for arrival. Okay, remember, I got three little kids at home under the age of five. I'm a mom. I am raising my kids, but I do have guests too. And I would actually forget to send them the door code. And one summer, someone was standing on the front porch in 100 degree plus heat and trying to get a hold of me because they couldn't get into the house. And it was an hour before they got a hold of me. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And they got pizza. They got ice cream. Got it all taken care of. And thankfully, you know, they did understand where I was coming from. And they totally appreciated the apology as well. And I think that does have a lot to do with if when you mess up, you apologize. Because we're, we're all human. Um, Back to communications. Uh, So over the years, I figured out um, and I've paid attention. What are my guests asking me? What is most important to them? And what timing are they asking me in the booking journey? So are they asking me things before they book? Are they asking me after they book? Are they asking me a month before arrival? Is it three days before arrival? When are they asking me those questions? And so I looked at back at all the emails and messages and and figured things out. It's like, wait, I can send them the information they're looking for before they ask for it. So I'm answering their the questions before they ask, which then in turn makes them feel like I know them because I do, that I'm preparing for them because I am, and I'm going to welcome them and care for them because I will absolutely do that. And creating those that flow of communications, it creates trust and they end up spending more money. They end up booking more nights and they end up coming back again and again. Uh, for instance, I had one guest, they came for their dad's 80th birthday. And 12 years later, I got an email from them saying, hey, Tyann, Mom is turning 90 this year, and I have stayed on your email list for over a decade because I knew we were going to come back to you when we were ready to celebrate the next milestone birthday. And it's like, whoa, wait a second. Repeat guests, return guests, just because you don't get them every year doesn't mean you're not going to get repeat guests. A decade later. Over a decade later. (laughs) Yeah. You're in this for the long haul. Okay, so communications. So this is super interesting. We at Touchday ran a guest communication study in this past summer of over 2,000 travelers. This was done by a service, I want to say gov.us or something like that. It was 
done by them. We submit, said, these are the questions we want you to ask people. So we didn't run the survey. They did for us. And the first qualifier was, have you stayed in a vacation rental recently? So these are all vacation rental travelers who have answered the questions. And we found that 60% of them said they only received one to two messages from their host or property manager after they booked. Then another 20% said, uh, we didn't receive any messages or I don't recall receiving any messages. Natalie, that's how did they How did they get in? Like not one? Not exactly. one? Yeah, they're like, oh, I can't remember. Or nope, I didn't receive anything. But it's like, wait a second. So they probably did because they had to get something to get into the property, but it just wasn't memorable, right? Or didn't make an impression. That's, that's exactly the point is they received messages that were not memorable, that they were completely forgettable and basic. Mm-hmm. So the host or property manager, they didn't do their job of being unforgettable. Mm-hmm. And only 20% of hosts, property managers were doing this according to the survey, which means you and I and your, all your listeners have this opportunity to do better absolutely do better. Because the other part that the survey found, when you send more messages, so comparing one to two messages to six or more messages, and I'm going to say right now, quality messages has to be quality. 15% of the guests discovered more new things in the area. 20% more purchased upsells, so more revenue coming in. And get this, 40% booked more nights. 40% booked more nights. Yes. So simply by increasing how many messages you are sending, quality messages, you can create more trust with your guests and you can create a relationship with them, give them the information they want, drip it in there. And they realize, Hey, this host is cool. I'm going to spend more money with them. I'm going to come back again. Okay. So I got one more thing that really blow your mind. We asked the guests, what most influences you to leave a positive review? And 69.3% said some type, some form of communication increased their likelihood of leaving a positive review. 69.3%. 69.3%. That's more than... That's so vague though. What does that mean? Some okay. form of communication. Yes. <laughs> like exactly. are we sending freaking yeah. smoke, smoke alerts out here? <laughs> no. Okay. So one of them was I, I want a host that shares information about the local area. Okay. A host that is easy to get a hold of and answer my questions. Those simple type things. Simply those communications and being available for your guests dramatically increase the likelihood of your guests leaving a positive review. So 69% of people said that that was enough to leave a five-star review. Yep, exactly. Wow. wow. Okay. Do you have, I know you said that this six six plus messages is where you were seeing the conversion to 40% of people mm-hmm. end up staying extra nights. Do you have a flow for us of like what those six messages should be? What are those touch points that you're sending throughout this day? Yeah, I'm actually would be happy to share my personal flow. Mm-hmm. I've got that over on, on my website, uh, tianmarsink.com. But also over on the touch day site, we have example communication flows as well, because 
I'm, and I'm totally saying this, mine might scare you. I actually have 25 touch points before the guest arrives. No. Wait, yes. how? Is that like, does that turn people off? Like it's just too much? I don't want to have to respond to you every single time I get a message. 25 touch points. I have said so many times on this podcast that finding a good, reliable cleaner is the single most important thing you can do to ensure a successful STR business. And if anyone has ever dealt with a bad cleaner, you know I'm right about this. Turno is here to solve that problem for us hosts once and for all. With Turno's Cleaner Marketplace, you can find your dream cleaner and have access to a whole network of backup cleaners in case of emergency. Once you find your trusted cleaner, use the Turno app to manage and automate the entire cleaning process from auto scheduling that gets synced directly to your booking calendar, auto payments, photo checklists, problem reporting, and inventory management. Right now, Turno is offering No Vacancy listeners a $150 Amazon gift card just for trying out Turno's Cleaner Marketplace and completing one clean with them. Just use the link turno.com slash no vacancy to unlock that offer and stop settling for cleaning quality that you're unhappy with. Again, that is turno.com slash no vacancy to find your dream cleaner and snag that bonus $150 Amazon gift card. Yeah, 25. Okay, so that, that's why I'm saying you're you're welcome to go look at mine. <laughs> <laughs> but let me let me clarify. The one I share is for my Branson properties and my Branson properties are large homes. So four bedrooms is the smallest, 10 bedrooms is the largest. My guests book an average of four to five months as the booking window. So there's all that time before arrival for me to communicate with them. And so I figured out, okay, who's the one spending the money? What are their problems? How can I address those? What questions can I answer before they ask them? And so my entire flow of touch points also varies. So they'll get emails from me. They'll get what we call memo text. So on TouchDays platform, you can send memos, which is either text or email to your guests. And those are scheduled. And I can send deep links into my guidebook. Cool. And there's special links so I can see which guests are actually tapping on their link and looking at it. So it's like, okay, this guest looked at it three times. This guest looked at it 50 times. And then pretty soon our data studio that's going to come out will show you what they're tapping on as well and what point in the journey they're tapping on it too. So really cool information coming. But on my flow, yes, they get, they get those texts. They get the emails. I also send a physical greeting card that arrives in their mailbox. So they have something in hand, something physical to remind them they're coming. And then, you know, dripping information a little bit at a time. So there's nothing more than one or two points in it that's really important. And making sure that information arrives in a timely manner right when they start thinking about things. So that road trip playlist, that's one of the 25 points. Okay. And then also with these bigger houses, I we call them after arrival. So we call, hey, this is Tyann with Branson Family Retreats. I just wanted to make sure you guys arrive safely. And if there's anything you need at all, is everything good with the house? And that way then we can address any issues right upon arrival. The other cool thing is when they get to the house and get onto the Wi-Fi, we have a text going to them saying, hey, we're super excited you arrived. Will you please rate your arrival? 
And that takes them directly to the link in their touch day digital guidebook where they can rate their check-in, rate their arrival one to five stars. And what's really cool is yes, the majority are five stars and they leave comments like, Hey, this place is immaculate. Thank you so much. We're excited for our stay. I can screenshot that and send that to my team and give them a pat on the back and a kudos saying, Oh my gosh, thank you guys so much for doing a great job and preparing for the guest. Everybody's happy. And then if that comes in below five stars and they let us know why we can address that right away. And okay, this is totally embarrassing. One summer, this last summer, we had a guest give us three stars on arrival because they found a dirty diaper behind a bedroom door. And I'm like, no, no. But we recalled them. We addressed the problem right away and turning that into a five-star stay because that little thing didn't fester and they didn't add more little things to it until it became mm-hmm. a big deal. And then you end up with a really bad review. How did you remedy that situation? Uh, we immediately called them up apologized, asked them if we want, if they wanted the cleaner to come back over. And they're like, no, no big deal. We were just letting you know, we threw it away. It's no problem. But I think, you know, just being transparent and human and apologizing, that goes a long way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just having them feel heard within an hour of checking in, that makes such a big difference. Okay. And what I love about this too, is that they have the opportunity to leave that review. Technically you got a three-star review, but not on Airbnb or anywhere. <laughs> Like, you know, important. It's like for your personal feedback, that's where you got notified. What was their review that they ended up leaving on the OTA at the end of this day? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what they said. Yeah. Thankfully, we turned that one around and we had an amazing stay. But yeah, it really tips you off to like the chance to fix something before the actual like big show, like the big review that counts and makes a difference on your OTA. Can you talk a little bit about what would you suggest for somebody in my market? I get last minute bookings all the time, one day out, two days out, even same day. I actually got a booking today for a same day check-in. So they booked at 10 a.m. to be here at 3 p.m. How do I fit 25 messages in in that time period? Or what, what would you do for somebody who does have those tighter turnarounds? Yeah. So you definitely do not want to do 25 points. <laughs> Absolutely not. If it were me, I would, one, you send your email confirmation. Two, you send a text and you text them your guidebook. Mm. Okay. So, you know, there's different ways to have a digital guidebook. The one I use is touch day. I'm obviously quite biased with it. (laughs) Uh, So do, you know, everybody do your research, find what works best for you. But the, the key is, is to get it into their hands as soon as possible, because one, the planner will say, oh my gosh, I love you. And they will look at everything. They'll be prepared. They'll look at all the information you've got for the house, for the safety information, for the area. That's the planner. Then you'll have the person who says, oh, great. I've got this information. I'll look at it on my lunch break. And they'll kind of skim through it. Then you have the third traveler, the one that's like me. And I don't look at anything until I am like literally like, oh, wait, I guess I got to look up the address so I can drive there type thing. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, you, you've sent a text. You've sent them right there. It's on their phone. It's waiting for them when they are ready to access the information. So email, 
immediate texts, and then I would even do something like two hours before arrival to just kind of nudge them like, hey, I hope you're having a safe drive over. You know, again, here's your digital guidebook or even make sure that has the very important things of, hey, here's this deep link to a section that has your parking, your address, and your door code, and have all that right at the top. Because the key is, is to give them the information when they need it. So then, Natalie, after they arrive, I would also do the, the rating for the check-in and the arrival. And you can time that either when they join the Wi-Fi, or you can time it to be like, okay, check-ins four, my guests usually arrive between four and six. Mm-hmm. So maybe about 6.30, have that text go through, and then deep link to that rating um, so that you can get that in if they want to send that. Okay. And then what's the communication that you're sending during the stay, if any? So we do the text after they join to the Wi-Fi. We do the phone call. Then we leave them alone. The, we, the phone call, it opens that two-way communication line. So we're right there on top if they need to text us a question or call us uh, or something goes wrong, if they need us for anything. Otherwise, we just let them enjoy their stay. Then the night before departure, we do have a text that goes out to them saying, you know, hope you guys have had a great stay. We're really sad you have to leave in the morning. But remember, checkout is strictly then the time. So 10 a.m. for us. If it changes, if we grant a late checkout, then that will be updated because our touch day guide, uh, mine are integrated with my property management software. So any updates of the time will change for the into touch day. And then the next morning, they get an email saying, thank you, please leave us a review. That goes out, I think, 7 a.m. And then they all, we also send the memo text at 8.30 a.m. 7 a.m. the day of day the checkout of or the following? No, the day of departure. Day of departure, okay. Mm-hmm. And part of that thank you email says, if there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. Because I want them, Any anybody who has... You, you have those guests who just can't sit still, you mm-hmm. know, and they're like, well, we found this or your, your curtains were a little crooked or, mm-hmm. you know, we found you were missing uh, one of the barbecue tools, all those little things, you know, it gives them the opportunity to list them in an email reply to us before they get the review request from an OTA, which is mm-hmm. really nice. Uh, but then we do send, because remember, I know my guests, these are larger houses, Lots of people, our largest house sleeps 32 people. So you know how difficult it is to get everybody out the door. 8.30 a.m., they get a memo text saying, you know, it's just a little reminder, our cleaners will be there right at 10 a.m. to start the turnover. If you need anything, let us know. And then, so that's departure day. Uh, Two days after, we'll send another email with the Google review link there. And then we'll send a physical thank you card a few days after that too. Oh my gosh. Um, but the thing How are they getting their address? They yeah. just provide it voluntarily? No, we, we require their address. We require oh. email address, phone number, and mailing address. We actually also require them to give us a selfie holding their photo ID so we can make sure that it's not fraud. And then, of course, we have a credit card on file as well. Direct booking, that makes sense. You can put your own questions and everything. But if they book through like Airbnb exactly. or using same exactly. thing. So doesn't matter booking, where they that's where the they book. Yep. Everybody has to sign a guest agreement. They have to initial the guest agreement and they have to provide all that information, whether they come from Airbnb or Verbo, direct, B and B finder, Villas a Distinction, all of that. 
What tips do you have for still delivering guest experience while requiring all of that? Because I know that that can be really tedious for people like, I just booked, I'm all excited, now I have to send a selfie, I have to sign this, I have to provide this, I have to do this. How do you like do that in a way that's still hospitable? If you're anything like me, you got into the short-term rental game looking for passive income. And since then, you've found that managing your listing is anything but passive. Sound familiar? Between messaging guests, managing your calendar, overseeing maintenance, it's a lot to tackle, and Hospitable is here to help. Hospitable saves hosts like you time by taking recurring tasks and guest messaging off your plate. You can automate responses to common questions, schedule messages throughout the booking flow, and even get AI to draft messages for you. You'll also be able to manage your calendar across booking channels from one place and can integrate with third-party tools like smart locks and dynamic pricing. Hospitable is the highest rated software in the industry with a 4.9 out of 5 rating. Hospitable gives you confidence to automate more of your short-term rental management so you can get more of your valuable time back. Try Hospitable for free with a 14-day trial. And if you use this link, you'll get an additional 25% off for three full months. Just head to hospitable.com slash no vacancy. Again, that's hospitable.com slash no vacancy to claim your offer. Hospitable. Sleep easy, host confidently. Yeah, so we, we tell them what we're going to expect from them. And so in our listing, it says, you know, this these are the things to expect after you book. And then there's also that message when they're doing the instant book, you can write a short message to them. And we say, hey, just so you know, you're going to get an email from us that with a link that you need to sign the guest agreement. And if you haven't let us know how many dogs you're bringing, please be sure to reply and let us know so we can update that. And we've had no problems. Because the thing is, is you have to set the expectations so that they know what they're going to be doing before they book. We also put our entire guest agreement in the house rules. So there are no, there are no surprises whatsoever. And this includes the checkout instructions. They know they're going to have to do the dishes before they leave. They know they're going to have to lock the doors before they leave. So setting all those expectations up front is very much the key to do it. Gotcha. I would love to have you on for a part two and talk about, you mentioned like the five senses and how you hit all of those and love languages before. I know that that could be a whole other 40 minute episode in its own. Can we wrap up? Like, Is there a way to just like rapid fire go through those? Because I don't know when we'll get around to re-recording and I really want people that just seems like such valuable like action items you can take. So could you quickly wrap up on like how to hit the five senses and based on your love language, how you're hitting those touch points? Yeah. Okay. So five love languages. Uh, The first one's words of affirmation. So you want to make sure you tell your guest thank you and you want to make sure that you answer every question. So if they send you a message asking three questions before they book and you only answer one question and ignore the other two questions, that's not good for that guest. That guest will be like, well, shoot, they're going to ignore me. So I'm not going to go ahead with them. Mm -hmm. So words of affirmation is really good. Well, they're they're all really good. I shouldn't say that. The next one is quality time. So spending quality time would be making sure that your listing is free of grammatical errors, that your listing is talking in your brand voice, that you're using professional photographs, that you are taking care not to hang $3 cheap blinds, which then signal, hey, we we cheaped this place out and you're not going to have a very good time. Mm -hmm. So just showing that quality time. 
The next one is acts of service. So access to acts of service could be a well-made bed, not something where you just throw the covers on and pile the pillows on, but having a, that act of service in serving your guests by a well-made bed. It could be setting up a coffee bar for them. So when they get up in the morning, there's very little things to do that first morning for their first cup of coffee. It could be making sure there's a pile of firewood um, next to the fire pit so it's ready to go. So those little things of service that says, I I know you and I'm gonna take care of you and I'm gonna welcome you in this way. That goes a really long way to the active service language. The next one is uh, physical gifts and physical gifts. You know, it's kind of hard, especially when you're remote hosting. So that's one of the reasons I send the physical greeting card to the guest. The physical greeting card before arrival has our favorite hiking trail on it and why it's our favorite hiking trail. So I'm giving them a physical gift, something to hold in their hand, a card. It's words of affirmation because I'm saying, thank you for booking. And it's giving them a hiking trail. It's something to do that they might not have already discovered to do in the area. So it's hitting several different love languages. And then, okay. touch. I'm dying to know, how are we supposed to be touching our guests? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, the physical touch, it's anything touching them. Think about it. It's your, the sheets. What kind of sheets and linens and towels are you using? Are you using the really cheap ones just to save a few bucks? Or are you using quality hospitality ones that they just want to sink into? It's the physical touch of, is this couch look good and comfortable? Or does it just look good for the pictures and nobody really wants to sit on it? Mm-hmm. There's different ways to hit that physical touch. Countertop sticky, just like everything tactile, like have it feel high end and professional. Exactly. See, you already got it. Okay. Okay. And then what about the five senses? Can you kind of run through how you're hitting those touch points? Like one that immediately comes to mind is fragrance, right? I know people are right. very polarized on providing a fragrance. What's your stance on that? Yeah. So clean. It, to me, it, it's got to be at minimum. It's a, a clean fragrance or void of fragrance too. Okay, just neutral. Uh, yeah, neutral. I know there's some folks who love to do a custom scent. And uh, personally, I have not delved into that, but I've been watching it on the sidelines like, hmm, is that something I want to do? Because I think it's super cool that hotels do it. Yeah. So, you know, there's different options there. Uh, let's see. So we have then, of course, eyes, sight. Uh, when you they come in, is your place tidy? Is it, you know, not just clean, but tidy? What do the kitchen counters look like? Do you have things lined up across the counter where they can't even put their own food or their own items? Or are you making sure that it's very tidy and you're allowing for them to bring their stuff into the space? Uh, the sense of touch, all the different fabrics and textiles, again, that you have. And back to cleanliness, as you said, too, are things sticky or are they clean? Hearing the sound. I know there's one property manager, a friend of mine, she was making sure that music was on for every single arrival. And I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool. And then I know someone who went so far as to asking the guests, what's your favorite music? So then they could have their favorite music playing on arrival at the property. 
And that's just next level. Now, I, ha I haven't figured that out myself mm -hmm. um, in a way to do it with operational efficiency. But if I had just like one place and I wasn't remote hosting, I would totally be all in on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like even because personalizing it for every guest, like that is a big undertaking. But I feel like at the very least, if you have a Nashville place, like just throw on some like Shania in the background, right? When they check in or something or like. If you're in the mountains, put in, I don't know, Credence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> I don't know. But like just get a couple songs like quietly in the background on the TV. That's such a cute idea. I love that. And then the last one for taste is leave them something local. You know, at my wine country properties, every single guest gets local coffee and a bottle of wine. And then at my Branson properties, they'll get right now in the winter, it's popcorn along with an embroidered apron as well as mugs and then coffee. In the summer, we'll do like charcuterie boards because, you know, this is our high rate time. So we have a fresh charcuterie board on arrival every time for each guest. And then also the coffee. Uh, I'm a big coffee drinker. So I got to make sure all my guests are prepared for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I love that. I think that that's those just running through those. I feel like every person listening is probably already like, okay, I, I know how I can hit these scents. I know how I can hit these love languages. I feel like that's just such a good starting point. And then the communication, I really, my biggest takeaway from everything you said is like, you only need to provide the information that they're going to read in that moment. My husband and I, we just booked a place for a couple weeks out for our anniversary and the location we booked, it often snows there. There's no snow there right now, but the message that we got, the instant confirmation message was like, here's information about chains and we recommend you bring four wheel drive and yada, yada, yada. And it was like, it's not even snowing there right now. I don't need this. And it's exactly what you talked about. It kind of felt like the like, okay, I put it in there. So I covered my butt and I know that they got the information. But for me, it was like, you didn't even pay attention to the dates I'm checking in to when I'm coming like this is not relevant to my stay. So that's a really big takeaway too. is just to kind of drift the content to what they actually need at that time. And I feel like if you're ever if you've ever been the host where guests are always at the door and they're asking for the code and you sent it earlier, that's not on your guests for not reading like you need to look internally at your messages. Why are so many asking follow-up questions when you did send information, like make that more clear, break it out. That should have been its own message or something or send a reminder. So yeah, there's just so many good things I, I gleaned from this episode. Thank you, Tyann. You're welcome. Yeah. Like the door code, I actually send that three separate times to my yeah. guests in yeah. three different ways. So, you know, four, 14 days out, three days out and the morning of and making sure that morning of is by text message. So it's at their fingertips. And then it's also in their guidebook too. So good. So good. Uh, Tyanne, if people want to connect with you personally, what is the best way to reach out? And then also if they are now intrigued by the Touch State guidebooks and they want to go get a demo or see if that's the right fit for their property, where can they go for that? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on all the social platforms at Tyanne Marsink. I'm the only one in the world. I'm very easy to find. And then Touch Day is touchday.com as well as at Touch Day on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram is at touch day. Welcome. I'm they're super active. I'm super active on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, some on TikTok as well. You can also find both brands of my properties on the socials at Branson Family Retreats is one. And then my wine country ones are at Missouri House and house is spelled the German way. H-A-U-S. 
Awesome, Tyann. Thank you so much. And again, for people who will be at Level Up, you're going to get to see the guidebook and have it in your hand, in your pocket the whole time at your fingertips. We're so excited to see the final build out for this and everything. So Tyann, thank you so much. We're really excited to have Touch Day's participation this year and just to see you in a couple weeks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Natalie. I appreciate it. And finally, for this week's Am I the Airbnb Hole? This is so bizarre. I've never seen anything like this. I am trying to understand what was going on here, and I, I just don't have an explanation. Essentially, this host posted in a hosting Facebook group that upon a guest checking out, every single, they have videos and photos for this. I'll have to describe it to you since there's no visual format here. But every single crease between the walls, like every right angle where the walls meet, every right angle where the ceiling meets the wall, every single corner, every single edge between wall and ceiling is covered, covered with little one inch strips of masking tape, like side by side, just like strip of masking tape, strip of masking tape, strip of masking tape, strip of masking tape, like every single inch is covered by these little inch thick pieces of masking tape every wall seam every ceiling seam it is so bizarre i don't know what's going on <laughs> the host posted these pictures and a video and says first time that this has ever happened the guest checks out after a 13 night stay no issues during that time but we walk in to find tape everywhere every corner every drywall seam every place a cabinet meets a wall or the baseboard connects there is even tape on the brick walls we just had our place repainted at the beginning of February, but now every place that the tape was put is leaving residue on the wall or ceiling. I reached out to the guests to ask why, and they expressed that they had heard rumors of short-term rentals being bugged or having hidden cameras. How would you rate the guest? Okay, this answer does not check out. If you're worried about hidden cameras, like, why didn't they put tapes? I'm, I'm just thinking like in the mind of this person, if you're really concerned about a hidden camera, why would you put this all along the seams of where the drywall is meeting, of where the ceiling meets the drywall? And also the way that they did it, it's like one inch strips with like a one inch gap between them. Why not just take an entire strip of tape then if you're really scared that there's going to be like a hidden camera somewhere along? Why not just take an entire strip of tape and like tape the whole thing down? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are we ripping this into little one inch pieces and just like sticking them one after the other with gaps in between? Also, if you really are scared about hidden cameras, wouldn't the logical place to put this be like over outlets or something or like light switches? Like, I'm just thinking that if anybody did have a hidden camera, it's not just going to be between a cabinet and a wall seam. It's going to be like in an outlet or somewhere like disguised as part of something in a doorknob in a light switch. What? I don't buy that excuse for a second. Um, some of the comments came in with some suggestions. Uh, somebody said that they assumed that there was maybe like plastic sheeting put up, like they were, I don't know, filming something sketchy or painting or maybe freaking Dexter checked into here and had to like tape the whole thing off for his whatever, I don't know, somebody was like chopping up cadavers here. You guys, I don't know. But somebody suggested that there was plastic sheeting that they put and that's why they had to like tape all across. But the host replied and said, I don't think it's that because 
all of the pieces of tape were extremely secure. And, you know, if you were to just like rip the plastic sheeting down, some of those tape pieces would come down with it. And that's not what this looks like at all. It's like secure little pieces of tape, one inch after the other, after the other, after the other. So bizarre. I can't imagine they were there for 13 days. What were they doing? And just the time. How do you even leave a review like this? How do you even charge for this? Do you charge like an hourly rate that it took you to take every single square piece of tape down? And then if the residue is left, do you charge to repaint the entire place or are you just going to get a painter who just touches up the seams? This is so bizarre. So anyway, some of the suggestions are saying that there must have been like plastic sheeting up. But based on how secure the tape pieces are, that seems unlikely. Somebody said, sadly, that looks like mental illness. Just clean up and get the paint fixed. Try to recover your money for cleaning and repairs. I'm not hopeful you'll get much. Have some compassion because this person is having major life problems, much more serious than the damage in your place. You do need to warn other hosts because this will likely happen again. A lot of replies to this. I was about to type this. This is definitely mental illness. You guys, I don't know. Somebody said this is a symptom of schizophrenia. Okay, I don't know. And then somebody else replies and says, no, stop it. This whole mental illness OCD thing is an excuse that they are using. They are using the fear of cameras as an excuse. To me, it looks like they draped the walls with something, curtains, fabric, tape, LED strips, lights along the edges of the walls. First thing that comes to mind is someone turned the space into some kind of set for filming or even had an indoor event. This is what I believe. Do you have cameras outside? How many people stayed? Do you have footage of people coming in and possibly with equipment? Yeah, I look, if this is a mental illness, I don't want to dismiss it. But it, it's not adding up for me. It's not adding up for me because if if they're paranoid and they're worried about the hidden cameras, again, the places where they put these these pieces of tape, it's not logical. Like that doesn't just take an entire strip then and block it out. Why are you putting these little one inch pieces with visible gaps in between them? Like there's a chance you're going to miss the hidden camera in that case. Why didn't they cover anything else? Why is there no tape over outlets or light switches or other openings where you could hide a camera? That just doesn't make sense to me. I I don't know. I don't know, you guys. What any any ideas? Another comment said, what if they taped LED lights up and just didn't take the tape down after? And the original poster said they did not. I asked the guest about it. They were very clear that it was because they were applying tape in case of cameras or bugging. I don't I don't buy it. I don't buy it. You guys, let me know your thoughts on this one. I'm completely confused. It's literally along every seam. Like the photos that this host posts, it's every single, all four walls where drywall connects, all along the ceiling. Like everywhere that a cabinet meets a wall, there are just one inch strips of tape firmly pressed down. What is that? What is that? That is, I, I just, I don't even know what I would write in the review. I don't buy the bugging thing. That's all I know. I don't buy the bugging thing. My my mind goes to Dexter stayed at your property and put up plastic sheeting, but the fact that the tape wasn't loosened up and it was like firmly sealed, that's what's so odd. I don't know. You guys are going to have to DM me your thoughts on this one. I, I have no, no way of knowing what the heck was going on in this guest's mind. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening and I'll see you back here next week. 
Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye.